Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Hi, Duncan from New York. As you can probably tell, I'm probably your number one fan. Thank you for everything that you do. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first Majestic. As I continue to listen to your podcast, I am starting to believe your play on commodities. And provides unbiased answers. This is more of a play on on commodities. Clearly, gold and silver have been underperforming the commodities space as a whole. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, August 26, 2021 edition of Invest Talk, and I appreciate you all tuning in this hour. I'm going to do my very best to give you some perspective, uh, some information, and the right data that can help you make good investment decisions. And that's what I'm here uh, to do each and every weekday, uh, myself and Steve. And, you know, as we move towards the Labor Day holiday, uh, summer is coming to, I guess, a close in a way. And that means you enter a, a typically different, difficult time in the market, August, September. Um, and we have a lot of crosswinds in the market. And I'm here to help guide you in the best way that I can. And I'm going to do that using my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. This is my assurance so to you that no matter what I speak about, stock, strategy, sector, I'm presenting it to you all without bias. I am Justin Klein. I I encourage you to reach out to me with your investment and finance questions. And you can do that right now and connect during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time. Or if you're listening after hours, no big deal. Either way, the number never changes. You can reach us there. Leave a voice message. We'll answer it on the next show or a future show at 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hi, Dave from Cleveland. Yeah, I got a question about a stock. You guys mentioned it numerous times in the past. BHP Group, LTD, and the symbol is BHP. It had a pretty good pullback. It was just at like $80 a share. And as of right now, it's at $62.83. Pays a decent dividend. A yield of 4.77%. Is this a good time to jump in or should I hold off and wait a little bit longer before I buy some more? Love the podcast. I listen every night. Looking forward to your answer. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Now, BHP is an interesting case here because what they're, they're dual listed um, and it looks like they're changing their structure. Um, they're spinning off some at petroleum assets as well uh and so that's really the the main issue here it's it's uh woodside i guess is it's petroleum assets i haven't dug into this because we don't own own the name um but that's really the 
the issue here is that it's dropped from 80 all the way down to 64. But a lot of this has to do um, with the spinoff and then and, and the change in, in the listing, etc. Uh, and that brings some uh, uncertainty. Uh, I'll have to dig into the details a little bit more. Uh, but ultimately, it's going to be about the business, the underlying business. And uh, they are a fairly well-diversified global miner. And it looks like they're exiting the oil and gas business, but they still have iron ore, copper, metallurgical uh, coal. And I like those areas. Uh, metallurgical coal. Coal is thought of as a dirty word. Uh, but that's thermal coal. And metallurgical coal is used to make steel. And uh, I don't care what you want to do with uh, green energy and, and changing our, our our energy landscape, you're still going to need steel. And the only way to make it is using metallurgical steel or metallurgical coal, excuse me. Um, and so I like copper. So I like this company. I really have to dig into the this shift in ownership structure and the spinoff, et cetera. I have, frankly haven't done that. Um, but that's why it's dropped. And oftentimes when you have these kind of uncertain changes in a business, that creates opportunity. So my gut says this is more of something that is an opportunity on this dip. But I'll dig into this more and hopefully speak about it in more detail in a future show. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline. Use caution when chasing yield. Now, dividend income funds can look appealing to those looking for income. But there are some nuances to determine what constitutes a good dividend income strategy. So that's what we're going to dig into a little bit more. Also, I want to highlight a recent Ponzi scheme and what maybe you can learn from that to avoid potentially being caught up in something like that. Then I want to touch on estate planning potentially and then decarbonization and the investments there. So those are the things that are on the docket for me. But ultimately, I want to know what is on your mind. That's far more important. So don't hesitate. Reach out to us and give our give that number a call, 888-99-CHART. Connect on our live show or after hours either way. Now, let's take the market. Let's take a look at the market today. We have the S&P down 26 points. Modest down day. The NYSE was down 118 points, a little over 1%. So uh, a pretty decent down day. Uh, across the major indexes uh, on the back of what happened in Kabul, a couple of explosions. I think it killed about 16 uh, of our service members, which is definitely uh, sad. Uh, but what does this mean for geopolitical wins? Uh, I don't know if it really means a whole lot. I think it's just a, a messy exit, and and uh, it's always going to be a messy exit when you when you uh, exit a 20-year war. So, um I don't think it really changes a whole lot. We had earnings after hours. Peloton uh, was was weak. Um, we we're still getting earnings trickling in, um, but it's uh, it's really more about Jackson Hole. I think tomorrow, uh, Powell will be speaking, and there's potential for him to be dovish or hawkish. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Now, next year's voting members are, are more hawkish than this year's voting members. And if you know how the Fed uh, works, I believe it's uh, there's eight voting members. There's 12 uh, uh, presidents of the various investment ba- uh, uh, banks, central banks. And 
they rotate uh, their voting members each year. So that's going to be interesting going into next year. But uh, more importantly is near term. What happens at Jackson Hole and what does that indicate for the Fed meeting next week? And how does the market react to that? So that's uh, really the big news item, I think, that will drive markets for the next couple of weeks. And stay tuned tomorrow. Now we're heading into a quick break. Rob from Georgia, hang on. You'll be next on Best Talk at 888 chart The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Let's go to Rob in Georgia. He wants to talk about saving money for a home purchase. Hey, Justin, how are you? Uh, love the I just want to say, cool and, uh, you know, our hearts and thoughts are out there with the servicemen and women and, and their families. But uh, here's my question for tonight. I uh, handle uh, the finances and savings for two of my daughters, and they're much mm. smarter and make a little bit more money than their old man. Uh, they've got six months worth of savings, and they're mm-hmm. trying to save up for both either a car or a house. Mm-hmm. And right now, we've just got about $50,000 just in a checking account. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if you can recommend, is there a short-term yes or savings uh, for this time to get a little higher uh, uh, reward, so to speak? Yeah, uh, I use Marcus by Goldman Sachs. I'll tell you, that's I get about half a percent. It's nothing great, you know. I believe uh, you know some excess cash in there. Um, it's better than most checking or savings accounts that you're probably getting nothing, next to nothing. Um, half right. a percent also sounds like next to nothing as well, but at least it's uh, FDIC insured and um, easy to get money in and out. So uh, that's the the best you can do. There are some other. You maybe get a bit higher than that, uh, and you can go to like bankrate.com and look for FDIC insured money market accounts or high yield savings accounts, things like that. It's probably the best way to to find it. But uh, Marcus is one I've seen that has the best uh, rate for the kind of safety that 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 I want. So um, that's probably the best you can do. Unfortunately, in this very low interest rate environment, that's excellent. And uh, again, love the show. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Appreciate it, Rob. Let's go to Jeffrey in El Paso looking at FU, which, oh, is it FU? What's the symbol? SU, okay. SU, Suncor Energy. Got it, okay. Uh, Do you own it or looking to buy it? Uh, I own it. Uh, It's a Canadian um, oil sands uh, oil producer. I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on uh, that company and kind of the, uh, the oil sands sector in general. Yeah, so oil sands are a very leveraged way to play oil prices. And when I say leverage, there's different ways that you can gain leverage. Uh, one is through debt. And this is a company that doesn't have a lot of debt. But what they do is they have uh, oil sands are very expensive to refine and process. And so it's typically only economical uh, or, or it's, it's their, their, their products are more competitive, let's just say that. Uh, the higher oil prices go. So it, in a lot of ways, it's similar to kind of offshore dr- uh, oil drilling and, and the cost there. Um, so that's that's really what you're you're looking at, and that's why it tends to be so very volatile. 52-week high, it just hit that back in June, 
at $25.73. Now it's down 27.5% since then to $18.66. I like uh, the oil space. Uh, This is not a name that I would be buying and holding for the long term because of that up and down profitability and being uh, generally uncompetitive in the oil space because they need relatively high oil prices to uh, sell their products profitably. Um, So I'm not a giant fan of Suncor. There's a lot of other names within the space. Their dividend goes up and down, uh, partially depending on their their profits, partially depending on the Canadian dollar, those type of things. And historically, the return on equity over the last decade, a couple of years, it's been negative. And it's averaged somewhere in the 7 to 8% range which to me is not that exciting. You can get much better uh, returns from, from other oil names. But if you're looking for like a trade and a, and a, a vehicle for uh, playing the upside of oil prices, this is the type of name that you would want. So that's the way you think about it. To me, not a great long-term hold, but I am bullish on oil near term. And therefore, this would be a name that I would own short to medium term, but not something that uh, I'm just setting and forgetting, I would rather own one of the big integrated oil names first. Thanks for the call, Jeffrey. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy and by getting to their questions quickly. So here's some questions from iTunes reviewers. One, Chief Chris 03 says, I want to get your take on JHG. Let's take a look. JHG to see if it's good value play. How Strong is the 3.5% dividend yield, and is this a good individual stock to put in a Roth IRA? Set it and forget it. Okay, so set it and forget it. That means you have to be very confident in the business, You that the business is not going to be innovated away, and you are going to con- they're going to be able to continue to extract above-average returns from the marketplace. And Janice Henderson, for everybody out there, they are a UK-based investment advisory firm. There are a lot of Janice, think of Janice Henderson uh, mutual funds, and that's mainly what they do. Now, their business has suffered for many years uh, going into kind of 2020. Uh, it was very choppy for the previous four years, so their, their profitability, and that's because there was more money flowing into index funds versus the active funds that they distribute. Um, Janus overall has fairly good profitability, um, but it has ran up pretty dramatically. And I think it's a little expensive at these levels. So uh, a couple good things, they're buying back shares. Uh, their cash flow is, is very strong and uh, based on their market cap is actually a decent value based on that metric. So it's okay. I still think it's a little bit overvalued overall. Um, I think the dividend's safe. But uh, I probably wouldn't set it and forget it. So uh, just kind of a so-so long-term. If you listen to Invest Talk, I'm Justin Klein for investors. The need to remain vigilant never ends. And that's what I'm here to help you navigate these markets and answer your questions. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Summer's moving fast. The Labor Day holiday is already on the horizon. And you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Justin Klein now. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. 
Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this headline, Use Caution When Chasing Yield. And we've been talking about this for a long time. We get people calling up on the show all the time, chasing after leveraged uh, closed-end funds and uh, and stocks and companies that have super high yields because they think that is uh, the best way to invest for dividends. And uh, we try to preach, and, and hopefully uh, it gets through to most of you. Uh, definitely doesn't get through to all of you, but is is, is that you want to focus on the business first and. You know, there are different funds that are out there that you can invest in to get broad diversification. Uh, But if you look at some of the dividend income funds, it can teach you a lot about how to invest for yield. Now, broadly speaking, there's two ways that a stock's yield can increase. One is the company can increase its dividend payment. Another is the stock price could fall while the dividend payment stays the same. Now, stocks with rising dividends are often backed by companies with good sales, profit growth, and strong cash flows. And so these profitable companies often trade at higher prices relative to their fundamentals, meaning a premium because of the stability and strength of their business. Uh, And rarely do these land in the high yield segment. So basically what I'm saying is if it's trading at a very high yield, there's probably a red flag. And that's why I always say it's more important to look for dividend growth than the actual dividend yield that it's currently paying. I much rather have a company paying two, two and a half percent dividend yield that has strength and can, can consistently grow that dividend than a company that's uh, yielding four or five percent or, or more that isn't growing its dividend at all or has a lot of debt on its balance sheet or its business model is uh, maybe being disrupted or uh, you know having tr- having trouble. The problem is, is that those that look and chase for those high yield stocks or portfolios, typically, this typically only are in companies when, where the outlook for the business is less, less rosy. And that's the problem is that while they can the price of the stock can fall further because of those less that less rosy outlook and so your principal can decline even if you're continuing to get that dividend uh, and then the next risk is that they could cut their dividends to preserve the cash and that happens very often GE is a recent example 2017 the company was declining uh, and they cut their dividend in half from 96 cents per share annually to 46 cents. And you might say, well, okay, they, they, they cut it. Um, they're, they're right-sizing it for uh, their business, and I'm fine. Keep going. Well, the stock continued to fall, pushing the yield even higher. But then what did they do? They cut their dividend all the way to $0.04 cents per share in December of 2018. So from $0.96... Cents all the way to four cents per share. And that's a great example of why you have to focus on the underlying business because there's dividends are not sacrosanct. There's nothing in the bylaws that says a company has to pay a dividend outside of a REIT. Any company can eliminate their dividend tomorrow if the board and management wants to do so. So make sure you understand 
the red flags that are there. And then there are funds that often have high dividend yields as well. And that can also be a problem because, for example, there's uh, the Spiders International Dividend ETF, and they weight their, div- their, their companies within the portfolio by their dividend yield. So the higher the dividend yield, the more they put into that particular company. And this tilts the portfolio away from, excuse me, tilts the portfolio away from the quality companies and towards the companies that are struggling. And that's why they have the high yield. And they are most at risk for future dividend cuts. And if you look at this index, uh, since early 2015, this benchmark has underperformed by six and a half percentage points per year compared to the other dividend ETFs. And so this is the risk is not only individual companies that have quote unquote high yield, but also ETFs. So you have to understand the mechanism, the process that the ETFs have for allocating their capital or in your capital, if you're investing in them. Some may filter by dividend sustainability, using profitability, using dividend growth metrics, etc. And that is a much better way to build a diversified portfolio, whether it's within an ETF or within your own portfolio. So make sure when you are investing in dividends, you focus on the underlying business and you focus on the ability of them to grow that dividend of time. Have they been doing that? Have they been as a dividend flat for an extended period of time? We like companies that have modest dividends with consistent growth. On the next and best talk of this story, Amazon reportedly plans to open department stores. That story tomorrow, Steve will get to, but for now I'm Justin Klein and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say You've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today.
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, Bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E dot com hacker dot com what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Vest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Or they can leave their questions anytime, 24 7, in the Invest Talk Voice Bank. 888 99 Chart. Hi, Dr. from New York. As you can probably tell, I'm probably your number one fan. Thank you for everything that you do. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. As I continue to listen to your podcast, I am starting to believe your play on commodities. When I first bought AG Majestic, it was like at a cost basis of like, I don't know, $15. Hasn't really been doing so well for me right now. And obviously when a stock doesn't do so well, you kind of feel a little defeated or you kind of just feel a little lost. I I just want you to kind of remind me if you can, like, again, this is a commodities play for silver, for especially with the big package that's being passed by Congress. Hopefully this company would excel in that type of environment. Looking forward to your answer. Have a great day. Bye. Are looking at AG First Majestic Silver. Now they do produce not just silver, but gold, lead, and zinc as well. But their main uh, their main product is is silver, and their earnings are expected to go from three cents in 2019. In fact, 2018 was terrible. They lost 21 cents, and they're supposed to make 61 cents next year. And they pay a small dividend, and it is at some major support, and really. Yes, this is more of a play on on commodities. Clearly, gold and silver have been underperforming the commodities space as a whole. Um, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that interest rates have been uh, rising since the last summer. Uh, and so I, I do think we're getting some footing here. You're starting to see uh, the gold and silver price uh, perk up and doing much better than the miners, actually. So this is uh, obviously one of the miners. And if you look in relation, uh, gold and silver have definitely done uh, done better than than the miners, and so um, the value for these companies is is immense uh, compared to where they're 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 usually trading and the the cash flows they're bringing in because of where gold and silver prices are. Uh, so I, I'm still a fan of the space, and AG Majestic Silver is definitely one of the better silver miners uh, in the world. So uh, I'm a fan. Now let's. Pivot over to the uh, a Ponzi scheme that was just announced. It was a complaint by the SEC against John Woods. He's an RAA uh, and his company, RA Livingston Group Asset Management. And they have an investment fund called Horizon Private Equity. And in this complaint, it states that they raised $110 million from over 400 investors in 20 states as part of this Ponzi scheme. And they've been doing it for more than a decade. So bringing in money consistently over that time. What's interesting here about them is that they didn't really promise high returns. They were promising 6 or 7% return, but they were also doing it with a guarantee that they would not lose any principal. And so that is the first red flag, is that if anyone comes to you saying that they're going to give you above market returns with below market risk, you're probably looking, you should, that should be a red flag to you, okay? And 
that's what they were touting. They were going to invest in, in government bonds, stocks, or small real estate projects. But then saying that there was little to no risk, that doesn't jive. Okay, I don't know the details of where the money was going as well. But one red flag you should always look out for is where is your money being held? It needs to be a third-party custodian. So, for example, or our clients, we hold our, our clients hold their money at TD Ameritrade. It's their account. It's in their name. We don't touch the money. We just make trades uh, on behalf of that those accounts. Okay, so that is always number one. Bernie Madoff, the Bernie Madoff giant Ponzi scheme. He held onto the money. They were making checks payable to his entity that he could control the bank account. And obviously he was making up statements and did it for a long period of time. And it was much larger than this $110 million Ponzi scheme. But that is red flag. Number one, never put it with anybody, but a third party custodian that is separate from the institution that is potentially doing the investments. Okay. So that's the lesson here, unfortunately, this fund only has $16 million left of the $110 million raised, and they didn't have much documentation, uh, they're saying. So it's hard for uh, the money to be accounted for, and that's the nature of Ponzi schemes. They just uh, kind of do whatever they want, and you have to safeguard and make sure your, your money is with third-party custodian and CIPIC insured. Now, here's another iTunes question. BB to the moon says, Justin, what do you think of NUE Nucor? I have a small account, which I'm using to learn with. So I bought one share on 94. Potential of buying two or more over the complete my position. Can you give me a good price to buy more at? Let's take a look here. NUE. Now, Nucor is a very large steel producer out of North Carolina. $34 billion market cap. And their business is, is very up and down, but it's been done very well uh, recently. $19.59 a share expected to earn this year, which would be a record high by a mile. 2018, they made $7.64. 2020, they only made $3.31. So you can see how up and down this business is. And now technically, it looks like it might be rolling over here. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of, of steel in general because it just tends to not be a very high margin business, and it's very, very, very cyclical. Uh, they sell a lot of their products to uh, the auto industry, and they're they're having some trouble with uh, chip production, and that that's an issue. Um, longer term, if you look at the return on equity for Nucor, uh, it has been high lately, but. In the early 2010s, it was pretty depressed in the the single digits. So it's it's okay. It's 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 one of the better steel makers, but I think it's uh, still doesn't have a really economic moat. The chart doesn't look that fantastic in the near term. But I will give you a price because our fair value is much lower, uh, closer to about seventy five dollars a share. Now let me look technically where that support would be. Yeah, uh, seventy three. $73, that would be the uh, 618 retrace from uh, the low. So, yeah, I'm going to give this – take a look here. Actually, it would actually be a little bit lower than that, 68 
I, I didn't draw the lines right. Yeah, around the high 60s, that's where I'd be picking it up. That's where I'd be excited about uh, a new core. But until then, I'm going to pass. That was some best talk. And Steve Peasley and I thank you for your loyalty. We now have surpassed 34 million downloads. And we're excited to have you come along with the ride of growing your wealth and achieving your financial freedom. So let's get back to our 24-hour voice bank for a call that came in earlier from Oklahoma on 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Dave from Oklahoma. My question's about Exact Sciences Corporation, ticker EXAS. Just want to know if it's looking like a buy. The stock's down about 30%. They look like high growth, but doesn't look like they make a lot of money yet. So if, uh, if you could take a look and let me know, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. All right. This is Exact Sciences out of Wisconsin. Provides cancer screening and diagnostic test products in the U.S. and internationally. Uh, their Cologuard screening test, a non-invasive stool-based DNA test, is uh, pre-cancerous screening for colorectal cancer. So that's a they're a big driver. They they obviously have other products as well. It's a large company, seventeen point four billion dollar market cap. And you're right, they they don't make uh, a lot of money. In fact, their net income remains negative. The, the good thing is they're their free cash flow suddenly turned positive last year. So that's certainly a good thing. Um, but I, I still don't see a lot of value here. It needs to come down much, much more. It's in a downtrend. Our fair value is closer to $65 a share. Now we're at 101. Uh, let me look technically where there would be some major support. Yeah. Uh, to me, it needs to be right near that, that, uh, March to 2020 level in the, the mid fifties. That's where I would be interested in this name until then. It's just uh, a company that it has improving fundamentals, but not improving fast enough to get it, to get me excited to invest it here at a hundred and at a $17 billion market cap. So, uh, good company to to watch and see if they continue to make progress with their business, but not at a level or not at a at a valuation yet where I'm getting excited. Thanks for the call. Now summer is moving fast and the market, uh, as you can see today, is volatile, and that means you need to be prepared for uh, going into next year. You know. Soon we're going to have Christmas, be the holiday season, need to assess your plan. If you need help assessing your plan, understanding your strategy, and building a strategy for you, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley by contacting us through our website, investtalk.com. Just like here at InvestTalk and at our company, KPP Financial, we operate with the same philosophy, which is independent thinking and shared success. And we do that by providing unbiased guidance, both on and off air and practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So we buy the same stocks, uh, same assets at the same time, same price as we do for our clients, and that's how we implement parallel investing. So if you want to take us up on our free portfolio review assessment, I encourage you to reach out by going to investtalk.com or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. We'd love to help you in any way. Next up, we'll play a question from a listener in Idaho here on Invest Talk. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email 
And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hi, this is John from Idaho. Love the show. Just calling to see where do you guys get your information to find potentially uh, new companies to invest in? Specifically, more like mid cap or maybe not well known companies. Are there certain websites you're watching every week or uh, newsletters you're subscribed to? Uh, just trying to find out what's the best source to, to try and find new potential companies to invest in. I uh, hope everything's going well. Thank you for your time. Well, that's a, a great question. There's in the age of the internet, there's a lot of information out there, and it's, it can be difficult to comb through it all and find the best resources. And a lot depends on whether you want to pay for it or not. If you don't, uh, Finviz is, I think, the best free website to ha- to to run a stock screener where you're looking for particular parameters and, and their data is pretty good. Uh, and you can find uh, undervalued companies, uh, dividend paying companies, you know, screen for a lot of different uh, parameters that you are looking for, and then you want to do a deeper dive. So that's a quantitative approach to looking at or, or filtering out companies, and then you want to look at the companies themselves and do a qualitative analysis. Understand the industry, understand uh, the the management team, understand their products. Uh, are they in? Uh, are they growing? Are they growing their market share? Are they losing market share? Are they expanding their? Their margins are they are their margins shrinking, uh, that type of thing, and so there's always going to be some qualitative research that you're going to need to do once you find the companies anyway. Um, another way to to look for companies, obviously our newsletter, we have uh, stock ideas there. That's one way. Uh, another is we have we use Y charts. They have a great screening tool that's uh, far more advanced than the what you find over at Finviz. Uh, Morningstar has a as a screening tool. Uh, we also uh, MarketSmith is another one uh, that we subscribe to that has a good screening tool. So all these are quantitative. Uh, filters that we can use to target companies, and then qualitative. So we have reports where uh, companies that uh, are buying back shares, companies that have spin, spun off, um, uh, you have management changes, things like that, that can be catalysts for uh, a potential change in the business or a market move. Those are those are things that, that we subscribe to that are very expensive, that are far more uh, expensive than the average person is ever going to uh, pay for. Um, so it's really about finding your strategy first, okay? Understanding the type of investor you're look, you, you are. Are you looking for dividends? Are you looking for uh, growth? Are you looking for value? Uh, maybe you're looking for fixed income uh, and being able to find the right services. And, and I do think that uh, a lot of, there are a lot of great services, 50, 100 bucks a month. Uh, I know that might sound like a lot, but you oftentimes, if you utilize it right, you can 
make a lot more than the cost of those services. So I really encourage you to find some good ones that fit your investment style. And there are a lot of great ones out there. I've mentioned some of them and there are many more. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here each and every weekday, which is help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Yeah, this is Jason in Alabama. I heard the other day on one of the podcasts, uh, Steve mentioned that REITs give back 90% of their earnings, I believe it was. My question, and I'll try to compact this as fast as possible, is would owning three or four different REITs be a good idea for dividend income? What's the difference between them and ETS, or basically how does a REIT work? And is there a point where you have too many REITs in different sectors? Thank you very much, and have a good day. It's a great question, and the first thing you need to know about REITs is that they're pass-through entities, meaning that they're required to pay out 90% of their operating income. And if they do that, then they don't pay taxes on the corporate level like a normal company does. You go look at the a normal company's uh, cash flow statement, you'll see that they'll pay some level of taxes typically. They try to avoid as much as they can, but they typically will pay some taxes. So as long as the REIT pays that out, that will that, that's a pass-through entity and they don't pay it at the corporate level, but you do pay it on your side and the dividend is not qualified, meaning it's taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. Therefore, it's probably a good idea to own a REIT within a tax-deferred vehicle if you're picking one or the other, whether it's a taxable account, maybe you have that taxable and then you have an IRA or a 401k. You rather own it in an IRA or 401k because you don't, you aren't paying that ordinary income tax rate on those dividends. Uh, so that's the first thing to think about. Can you have too many REITs? Yeah, absolutely. You can have too much of anything. Uh, but having a handful of REITs is uh, not a bad idea to broaden out your your portfolio and your, your income streams. And you hit on a little bit at the end is not re- all REITs are created equal. Some are well diversified across various areas of the real estate space. And there are a lot of different sub-segments of real estate. There are REITs that focus on industrials. There are REITs that focus on apartments. There are REITs that focus on uh, uh, retail outlets. You, there are REITs that even just simply focus on the, uh, the outlet malls that you see kind of on the outskirts, right? Um, so there's a lot of different types of REITs that are out there, and you really have to understand the dynamics because especially in today's world with uh, post-COVID and and uh, more people 
shopping online. That is a headwind for the retail industry, even though that's been uh, kind of a headwind for a long period of time, but it's intensified. Uh, there's tailwinds to the apartment uh, industry right now because of uh, rents going up. Uh, so there are a lot of different dynamics that you have to understand, uh, but having a smattering of REITs is not a bad idea, but understand what they are. Now, this is Invest Talk, and looking at the clock, I think we can have time to fit in one more question before we wrap up today's podcast, so let's play it now. Hi, Steve. I'd like to know what is the uh, fortune or what is the future trend for Boeing BA stock symbol? Thank you. This is Abhijit here. Boeing, BA is the symbol, and I'm not a fan of Boeing. Uh, this is a, a name that, yes, it's rebounded from its March 2020 lows, but it still has the same type of headwinds that it had back then, which is less demand for uh, air travel. And uh, yes, it's we bounced back. Uh, the leisure side of travel has bounced back much stronger than the business side. But remember, if business is going to be permanently impaired to some degree, and uh, frankly, I, we travel a lot less as a business at KPP. We do almost all of our uh, portfolio reviews and meetings with clients over the phone or via GoToMeeting. And so we're a perfect example. We're flying uh, almost not at all, uh, partly because of health, partly because it's just uh, more efficient to do it uh, via teleconferencing. And I think that is a permanent fixture of the business world. And that means that there, are, there have been a lot of routes cut. And that means excess supply of planes. So the used plane market is filled with a lot of planes and a lot less for uh, these airlines to go out there and buy new planes. Why, why would they do that when they can just go buy a nice used plane? And then you have bad leadership that Boeing has had for uh, a decade plus. That's driven, you know, the problems with the was a seven eight seven max or whatever. Uh, so I think Boeing is not a good investment in in, in the medium term, definitely. Uh, and the chart looks poor below all the major moving averages. So I would pass on Boeing. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. Now hit over thirty four million. So get yours anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And as always, investtalk.com. And be sure to rate and review. And if you do read, uh, you do leave a review, if you include a brief question with your rating, we'll prioritize your answer. And we appreciate all your feedback. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.